hello, I am Sam Brenner. And I am Emily Robbins. And um, I'm Emily Robbins, yep. We are recording this podcast, this quarantines podcast. Yep, from thank you for the name. Our own homes. Exactly. Separate homes. Yes. Um, probably hence the quality of the audio, but mm-hmm. where there's a will, there's a way. Exactly. Um, yeah. So last week we had a FaceTime. We did. Uh, cheeky little catch up. And I think, anyway, tell me if you agree or not, it was a brilliant conversation. Like it went from talking about TV to politics to our personal situation. Like it was just such a like rounded conversation. Yeah. And even if no one listens to this and it's just you and me, we don't post it anyway. Uh, sorry, anywhere. I'm going to enjoy listening to this because I find it really fascinating how we talk about something and then it can literally go to the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is why we're doing this. And it's something, our- it's something nice to look back on when this whole quarantine situation is over and oh, back to the hectic pace of our everyday lives. Exactly. Just exactly. Listen to what our thoughts were when we were doing nothing. Precisely. Let's, how, let's explain how this is going to work, shall we? Okay, go for it. Go so for it. each week, me and Emma are going to have a little conversation. We're each going to have something to bring to the conversation to start us off. Yeah, just something we were saying, like, just something that has provoked us or, like, kind of stimulated us, something we've enjoyed, something that's, yeah. I don't know, just kind of energised us, I guess. Yeah so it could be anything yeah and then we're gonna have a bit of a chat about that and we'll see where the conversation goes exactly and then about halfway through we'll have a little okay stop guys time to switch topics and we'll go to the other person what they brought to the conversation shall we get going shall we so sam what have you brought to the table the electronic virtual online table Okay, so I have brought to the table today the um, the Sun headline from Friday's newspaper, Ooh. which was Boris is out. Now that really is a good Friday. Um, uh. This there was a lot of this was a very controversial headline, and looking on on oh the twits, you could see that people were not responding well to this headline at all. Wow, that's really interesting. Oh, God. That is really, really fascinating because I guess it's that whole... Oh, I guess it's that whole thing of... He is definitely a figurehead. Of course, it's a Mm -hmm. given. He's a public figure and much like the Queen's speech lifting people's morale and, like, being this kind of incredible, like monumental moment I also do think it is incredible and like somewhat symbolic that our prime minister who is controlling the coronavirus well sorry what we're doing with it uh, that'd be an interesting conspiracy who is controlling the <laughs> coronavirus <laughs> no um also gets ill from it kind of mm-hmm. showing how um indiscriminative it is um but also suggesting that 
he hasn't been following his own advice. Maybe. Maybe. Because if all these measures are supposed to work, they're designed to stop the spread of infection. But he's been infected. Yeah, that's a whole different can of worms because what England specifically, how we've reacted to it, I think is very um, slow and too slow. And I, I am worried that what the aftermath is going to be, like the ultimate aftermath, and can we actually conquer it? Yeah, and then there's that headline that's kind of suggesting that if Boris is okay, nothing else matters. Yeah. And it's completely disregarding the thousands of people suffering. Yeah, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts, Sam? Sorry, that really provoked me. I loved it. Thanks. Oh, I'm glad. Um, yeah, I think... Well, considering the death toll on Friday was up to about 980. Yeah. Which was not only the highest that Britain had seen through the pandemic, it was the highest that any European country had seen in a single day. Which is frightening. Honestly, terrifying. And then for them to say, that really is a good Friday, it felt a bit like what about those 980 deaths and all the people affected by those 980 deaths i just don't i can't see how someone how many checks do you reckon i don't know but how many checks do you reckon go into a newspaper before it gets put out for the next day there must be a very vigorous process so I reckon there is, but I reckon the intention of certain newspapers different, different, um, differentiate to the intentions of others. So if I'm being completely honest, like, I really think that the Sun and the Daily Mail and stuff like that can be very, um, like, can be deliberately there to be controversial, mm-hmm. whereas other maybe more... Um, acclaimed newspapers I'm not going to say neutral because every newspaper has a bias because every journalist has a bias but yeah I do think that something like the BBC or the Guardian I guess are probably more um, Mm -hmm. politically focused Mm -hmm. or uh, more factual and formative maybe as other newspapers such as The Sun which I guess can be a bit more um, kind of personal and, um, or what am I saying? Do you kind of know what I mean? Yeah. I am generalising. The Sun is very well known for being controversial and often, I think, being offensive and... A hundred percent. Being... I think provocative. Yeah, that's, that's a great word for it. It is, it is provocative to the wider topic of headlines mm. and people seeing a headline, sharing a headline and how quickly in the social media age, how quickly headlines spread. Mm-hmm. And then you actually, if you actually read some articles, the headlines aren't always 
headlines are designed to fake grab news. a reader. Yeah. Yeah. And they will do that. Often journalists will do that at any cost, I guess. Yeah. And it will, the headline will not be representative of the contents of the article. Maybe. Well, it's, uh, it's like clickbait, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's the word, clickbait. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, very interesting. And then, uh, I guess it's that whole thing of, um, for example, the backlash on Twitter. Uh, my incredible English teacher um, last year said that we're not the, um, as a generation, we're not the age of enlight- enlightenment, we're the age of entitlement. Because with all these platforms that anyone is able to get, we're able to like fully um, upload and promote our opinions on absolutely mm-hmm. anything. So like whether people have read um, the article and have just seen the surface of the headline, uh, they can still absolutely behind their screen um, consider themselves Everyone is entitled to their own opinion and they're just doing it. They're uploading it. Yeah. Um, but I guess having a conversation and stating your opinion in conversation is less of a process than uploading it. I feel like it, it's always more official when someone states their opinion online. Well, they've had to go to the effort. The effort. I say effort. Yeah. Um, but they have to go to the effort of saying, you know what, this is worth me sharing on social media for anyone to see. Exactly. Exactly. And then typing um, out the tweet or the post. Back to yeah. that, what you were saying about the age of entitlement. Yeah. As a generation, we feel we are entitled to information whenever we want it and to get it straight away. Mm-hmm. 100%. But then, again, because... It is instant. It's also brief. I feel like we are knowledgeable, but briefly, about a lot of different things. Like my attention span over the years has completely declined. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess also because it's technology and screens yeah. and my brain is um, burning. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I just... It's hard to really focus on one thing with the instant technological yeah. access to the outside world or other people, I guess. And I, I think we're a lot more reliant on the outside world than previous um, generations. A hundred percent. And that's why I think you're seeing a lot of teenagers during this quarantine not sticking to the, the guidelines. Oh God! What was it? Um, was it last Saturday where there were where there was over five hundred house parties in Manchester? Oh, it literally makes my blood boil. Right? Do you want to <laughs> do you want to hear my one? Let's Can move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. So my uh thing I'm bringing to the virtual table is dun 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 dun. It's nowhere near as uh, profound or provoking, but it has interested me. I am learning how to do the four by four Rubik's Cube. 
I am learning how to do that. I learned how to okay. do the three by three. Um, I learned it a few years ago. And I always, always, always uh, wanted to learn how to do more. And I don't know, to be more uh, challenged mentally. I mean, it's a waste of time, but it does make me think. Um, so, yeah, I have time now. So I'm doing yeah. that. I'm doing is, that. Is there an actual, like technique that you can learn yes so i do it via the youtube mm-hmm. um and the only way i can think of it is it's a dance it's a routine it's just a different That's a ways good way to think about it it is a dance and you just adapt to it you adapt your uh your kind of solid routine of moving your hand right up and right mm-hmm. left and whatever uh, to different situations so it's good exercise of memory retention yeah and the reason why I thought you'd like that is because guess who taught me how to that's not true she didn't teach me but we bonded over Rubik's Cubes and that Leah, is our dear friend Leah, our dear friend Leah did you see the one she's been trying to do she's learning this girl the um, hexagonal trying... one in the hexagonal Rubik's cube, and she's been doing ones without colour. Um, oh gosh, it's mad! It is mad. Yeah, so you have just, to have that kind of brain, though, don't you? It's like, oh, uh, she is one intelligent woman. Because as well, she she's keeping up her maths, isn't she? Yeah. During... So she's still doing. She's going to finish her maths A level course, even though we're not sitting the exam. I oh, was that trying really to do upset that, me. but um, I haven't. <laughs> well, you are prioritising a very important podcast with your very good friend. It's true. <laughs> it's um, true, I have. Yeah, it's like people like her, for example, people like you have worked your bums off. It really frustrates me. It really, I remember when they uh, released that information, I was gobsmacked oh i was so shocked oh god it's i would crazy. have been heartbroken it's yeah because i'm an academic year older than you yeah <laughs> oh god i honestly don't know what i do just though you're only hours? just only just an academic year older yeah yeah only just i mean i could have done with an extra year let's be honest but um <laughs> uh yeah oh my god i would have I honestly, I, I was saying this to my parents. If I had, if that had happened in my GCSE year, because I worked so hard, mm-hmm. I still don't think I would have gotten out of bed. Like to this day, from when they released that news, because how many hours do you work towards those, exa- those exams? And I understand that it's a hour, two and a half hour exam that you're sitting yeah. there, but it's an end point. It does motivate you, or it doesn't. But yeah, there's a thing of exposure. Absolutely absolutely so yeah i like i think of like you guys and i'm just oh i am heartbroken because it's also like it's your graduation year wow i'm probably gonna really depress you right now <laughs> i'm actually fine about oh, it like, but it does oh my lordy i think i still don't know whether i've quite like t- taken it all in like no, never and, going yeah. back to school that I won't be sitting exams that 
like people are going to uni next year or all of that it's sort of yeah. like the whole the ending because obviously we had two days after we were told schools are closing exams are cancelled and we had two days of school oh, and a lot of people weren't in on those two days like a lot of my close friends didn't bother coming in or were self-isolating already and it was very rushed and it was like it just didn't feel like an ending mm-hmm. to my seven years at my school yeah I just as well I'm such a sentimental person I know I wouldn't I would have objected <laughs> you would have like, still gone in yeah on my own by I yourself oh gosh I mean obviously our school experiences are very different yeah. but to just speed that up no 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 that would not have gone well with my mind and my heart I mean I was ready to leave I've said for the past three years like even before mm-hmm. A-levels I was ready to get out of there but there is a part of me that is sad about leaving it's an end of an era isn't it it's I think it's just more it's the thing of everyone's going to uni next year I'm still not sure what I'm doing next year but irrespective of that it's a whole new world I'm going into whatever mm. happens yeah all these people <laughs> when <have> been, it happens <laughs> exactly but all the people who've been around me and I've been surrounded by for so so long I was comfortable in that and I'm getting I think something I I don't do but I try to do is when you start getting comfortable in something mm-hmm. it's time to move on 100% and I haven't I, had many op- opportunities to fulfill that sort of mindset but like center stage for example yeah so what center stage really quickly just in case anyone listens. Yeah, center it's stage is... the best is, place ever. It's where... Is it where we met? So I actually don't know. I think... How did, okay, I think... I guess it's what we remember. I'm sure for meeting. a fact. Yeah. So like, I... I reckon we would have met as bait. Did we go to nursery together? We may have gone to nursery. I think where I, did you go? Did you go to Alan M? Yeah. Yeah, we went to nursery together. Okay. So I guess it's not where we actually met, but, but like when we like as we actually humans. met at this. It's kind of like a stagecoach. It's, it's uh, yeah, on it's a, a part-time um, stage school on a Saturday um, for seven to nineteen-year-olds. Um, it's really great. It's the best place um, ever. It really oh is. It's sort of like my tribe, you yeah. know. Um, um, but now I've got to the point where I'm com- too comfortable there. And yeah. I, I have great friends there. I love everyone there. But my sort of time as a student there, it, yeah. it's over now anyway because of this whole isolation thing. Oh, man. But I... It was time for me to sort of go, okay. Let's yeah. Flee the nest. Let's 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 just oh gosh. Honestly, I couldn't. Oh it was such a special place. 
yeah for me it was just because of the friend like oh my god for me well it introduced me properly to performing arts mm-hmm. which is as we know like our everything we love it mm-hmm. we are so passionate about it but that environment is unlike somewhere i have ever been oh, people from all bizarre. over the place with completely different backgrounds and histories coming together and laughing and uh celebrating each other celebrating each other's yeah. talents that's what i remember i have i was in there for as long as you no. you were there you are a proper center stager yeah um, i've been through quite a few rota- rotations of people yeah and i think that's the thing seeing people that you get really good bonds with move on yeah that's for me been the hardest part about center stage yeah because it was when i was a seven-year-old going there for the first time (laughs) a cute seven-year-old i looked up to and i thought oh my gosh these people are phenomenal and i was in awe of them and then when they started leaving so sort of that's about two three years ago that I st- mm-hmm. the first people who I actually had any sort of connection with and friendship with it's just mad because they're oh not as you said people from all different backgrounds it's not people you come in I would come into contact with in my everyday life that is I guess what is so freaking um special about it and I could talk to when yeah. I was 14 I could talk to an 18 year old and feel like we're at the same stage in life because we're in this place doing the same thing working towards the same goal which would be a play or a musical or yeah a showcase you know it would it was just it's just such a special place oh my gosh i it's oh i just love it and i think when you find a place like that and a place where you feel like this is your special place that's just the best thing oh oh i feel a bit emotional oh gosh yeah I mean, I, the school I went to, I for sure felt that. Mm-hmm. For sure. It was an absolute haven for me. Yeah. It really was. And, oh my gosh, I was a blubbering drunk mess when we graduated. I was just sort of like, you know, the kind of crying you do when like your shoulders are shaking and <laughs> yeah. it's kind of inhales that are just like really jittery. It's kind of like that. Oh, but I have to say like, I've only been gone for what nine months now so it's not a lifetime or a decade since but there's people who your friends your really really close friends like nothing will change you pick up where you left off like my really really close friend Leela went traveling for six months she went on a ski season in Austria and she worked there I FaceTime her probably once every three months yeah but it is like I saw her yesterday in our drama class that's like it's, so lovely that's that's i think the best thing about it the kind of fundamental and important people you meet it's just great and do you feel like since you've left you're different i think fundamentally no but that's how i see myself i guess yeah. so it's very different to how i actually am Mm-hmm. wow I feel really philosophical now I'm questioning literally in my head right who now, am I? Like, what does it mean what does it mean to change and 
who is your actual self like is it how you see yourself is it how other people see yourself I think it's yes that's that's my answer to... <laughs> yes it's um I think questions about like identity and who you are they're so they're massive questions oh god literally my armpits are sweating right now you know because wow. it's it's uncomfortable <laughs> to confront things about yourself like it we we as a society are very good at confronting things about other people and saying oh she's like this and he's like this but when you talk about yourself I always find it really tricky like things when people are like so how would you describe yourself in three words oh gosh and as well what you think about yourself and what you say about yourself to other people for me well look at look at people's Instagram profiles that is that is in denial of what you actually think about well maybe not no actually every single account whether it is a very candid and just really open account of course it's filtered because people are before they're clicking post again like we were saying earlier uh it's a conscious choice considering yeah of course a conscious exactly conscious choice but i think um there's a huge thing in what you have what you said there there's there's a huge thing in um how you feel about yourself and what you say about yourself. 100%. Because I mean, positive or negative things, either extreme is horrible to admit. You don't want to admit that you think you are the absolute shit, you know? <laughs> and you also don't want to admit that you are a piece of shit. You don't want those yeah. that. It's uncomfortable and awkward to think about yourself in those ways. Absolutely. And... Uh, I've seen online, uh, of course, online the other day about positive affirmations, mm-hmm. about looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I, I'm completely paraphrasing, I am strong, yeah. I am beautiful, I have got this. You, you're, you're saying it to yourself because you don't think it? Do you, Maybe. Do you think it works? I've never done it. But uh, are you, like, it's the whole, the same idea of... um. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the law of attraction and manifestation. Oh, I, I was talking about this the other day with my family, the law of attraction mm-hmm. and uh, what we believe in and what we don't because quarantine, you know, yeah. ends up prompting very profound conversations yes, at yes, the dinner table. Um, I don't know, if someone says, you know what, by 50, I will be the CEO of something, they will then subconsciously, if they are committing to it, put their mind towards it, whether it be like, putting themselves forward in the way they need to they'll do it because they have that like fundamental goal in their head Mm -hmm. so I don't think it's about explicitly saying it every day but if it's a goal that you that you've kind of exhaled into the world and like put your mind towards I really do believe that it will happen because it's about perseverance that was an absolute waffle getting to the point but do you kind of know what I mean yeah Sorry, I, I agree. Oh, I, I really do think that. I think you have to. No, you don't have to, but I think it's nice to. I think it's idealistic. <sighs> yes, it is. Of course it is. It's assuming should... that no matter how much, how much it gets thrown your way, if you put in hard work and if you keep on going, 
the outcome you want will happen. And I don't think that's always the case. I'm going to do a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Hypothetical's you, good. We want to be actors. Mm-hmm. You graduate in two years' time. Mm-hmm. And touch wood, you Pa-pa-pa. never book a job. Yeah. But you are constantly trying. You don't get, a, you don't have mm-hmm. a fallback option. You don't ever get mm-hmm. a s- safety career. Mm-hmm. You're constantly auditioning. You're constantly trying. It just never happens for you. So. Is that because you I haven't said. worked hard enough? Or is that no. because sometimes things don't go the way you plan or the way you want them to go? So, another hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly believe that any actor who will pursue it is someone with perseverance. That's not a hypothetical, but you know what I mean. It's just someone with who can persevere yeah. relentlessly because it is a freaking hard profession. Yeah. And it's about overcoming obstacles and um, I guess, uh, yeah, just overcoming them really overcoming them and just keep going it's you know what it is idealistic but you need that kind of mindset in that absolute hell of a sport that you want to go into mm-hmm. of of that industry because it is brutal yeah. and competitive if you go in there already saying that it's hard i doubt that you will oh you know what but then you hear stories I don't know. It, it, it's really up to how you want to see it and what kind of mentality you want to have around it. I guess because I am, this is a huge generalisation and very dependent on what side of the bed I wake up on, but because I am quite a positive person yeah. in, in kind of general, um, I think it is important to believe if you work hard, something good will happen. So yes, I guess it is important, but at the same time, I think it is in that idea of like the acting industry. It is so it is so competitive that you have to think that, or else it's not worth it. It will just be miserable because rejection is inevitable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh wow. Oh God. This is like very cathartic. I have to say. I'm glad. I feel like you're getting a lot off I'm- your chest. Yeah, how about you? Is there anything I've you seen your shoulders go from up here all the way down? <laughs> oh, it feels really good. No, I feel bad. You need to rant. What do you want to rant about? I don't need to rant. Mm-hmm. The only thing I want to rant about is hay fever. Oh my god, it probably hasn't hit me yet. It, it has been a bitch today. Yesterday really? and today, honestly, some of the worst hay fever I've ever experienced. <laughs> Have and you I got antihistamine? bad i get it bad like i'm on the strongest prescribed medicine they can give you i take one in the morning one at night i literally like it's because of my allergies i'm allergic to trees a certain type of tree why do i find that funny that's really horrible and we live next to a park with birch trees i i it's hot so i'm having my windows open all the pollen is coming into my room sticking onto my bedding my wardrobes i have pictures in my room it's probably all on there and i in the night literally i'm like i can't breathe through that my- is miserable 
I don't really know a lot of people who have prescribed medicine for hay fever. Oh my gosh. So yeah. it must be brutal. I used to get um, something called seasonal asthma. That literally makes me want to cry and Which cuddle is, you. It was because of my hay fever. <laughs> my hay fever was so bad I couldn't breathe. So I had asthma when I had my back and it was my worst hay fever. And I get it pretty much all year round because I'm also allergic to dust mites. And it has the same allergic response that hay fever has. So literally, pretty much, it's usually February through October. I'm just a mess. Oh, God. That is so horrible. It's awful. Horrible. I mean, I... I mean, it could be worse. I I can't complain, you know? Like, if hay fever is the worst I'm ever going to get, fine. But it's it's horrible to live with. Everything's relative. Like, for you... And for like me, who's also relatively healthy, per per per, touch wood, um, that is miserable. That is, yeah. and that's I don't know. It's just really so, like it does make me want to cry. You find it difficult really... complaining about things like this though, because I yeah. think uh-huh. there's uh-huh. a th- there's a thing in society, and I'm really interested in this sort of idea of comparative suffering. Yeah, and how dangerous that is for mental health. And like I was there, I was like. If this is the worst that happens to me, I can't complain. I can complain because this is the worst that's yeah, happening to it me. It did annoy me. Yeah, you absolutely. And, you, and there's you a thing of, it's a stigma of, it. yeah, there's a stigma of you can't say that you're hurting because someone else is hurting more. Yeah, I completely And it works the agree. other way as well of you can't say you're happy if someone else is less happy. And you know what? I almost find that uh yeah i find that harder i think mm-hmm. to because you deserve to be happy. happy so do you everyone deserves to be <laughs> everyone happy everyone does and you know oh god yeah so everyone if you get happy that. be happy and live your and live your truth it. yeah well, it's i got really very camp hard. there no you didn't I got very you got camp. happy you got happy there Ooh, um happy what's that Who's she? <laughs> oh, man. I have a question for you. I have a question for me. What is going to happen with the Olivios? <gasps> when are they supposed to happen a couple of weeks They're ago? meant to happen last Sunday. Yeah. A week ago today. Right. We this on a Sunday, by the way, in case anyone was curious. Um. Yes, we are recording it on a Sunday, think we're gonna no i'm not gonna say when we're gonna post it um sometime during the week because you know quarantine's so stressful with my schedule um i don't know how did you feel about the nominations um i was gutted just because i'm obsessed with her that amy lou wood was not nominated for uncle banya if you saw it I think she's the most remarkable actress. That's the only thing that really got me. I was disappointed that... What was I disappointed? I've got notes about it. Um, <sighs> that Samantha Pauly wasn't nominated for Evita. I didn't see Evita. And also I was, nomin- I was, nomin- I was um, disappointed in a couple of... Actually, quite a few things I was disappointed in. That Laura Pitt-Polford wasn't nominated for Falsettos. 
Oh, don't even. We went to see falsettos together, um, and I could not believe her. I was she obsessed. Was brilliant. Yeah, I was I so disappointed that she wasn't that. nominated. And I was also disappointed that the with the nominations for Waitress. Mm. The amount of Waitress nominations. I thought Catherine McPhee was amazing in Waitress. So I... I... Didn't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because... Uh, no, that's not true. I liked her a lot. But I was worried because she is um, quite... As a an actress who's in Smash, which I loved. Everyone needs Smash. to go watch that. Oh, brilliant. Oh, my God. Um, and as she, I think she kind of started in pop. I was worried that she'd be quite a kind of insular kind of actress. But I was pleasantly surprised. Anyway, sorry. So what will happen with the Olivier's? Yeah. I don't know. And I would argue that it's not a priority right now for anyone for in the theatre yeah. industry. I think they're more worried about kind of production getting size. Back, of getting back those. onto. Oh, God. Stage. It's going to be really interesting, isn't it? i am just got my fingers crossed that September they're allowing theatres again. I know. Because oh, it just it matters on how selfish Shrek. people are going to be. Oh God, Shrek! Fingers of course. crossed. It will be fine. It will be fine. Well, right. it depends. People stay indoors. Stay two meters apart. Exactly. Please. Oh, right. Should we wrap up? Let's wrap up. Oh, that's sad. This was really fun. All right. It's been oh. great talking to you, Emily. Shall we stop the recording? I think we should. Okay. Thanks well, for listening if you listened. And or if, if you, you didn't, Sam and Emily, in the future, I hope you enjoyed listening to your conversation. That's all yes. I really care about. Although, if people didn't listen to this, um, go fuck yourself. Yeah. That's, that's it, basically. Yeah. Right. Let's stop this. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.